This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Bob Powell. Senate Bill 10 is expected to pass the House of Delegates this week. The bill will allow people with concealed carry permits to have guns on college campuses. I think the idea of being able to protect oneself on campus makes a, a whole lot of sense. And so I have great confidence that the bill that was crafted, it's was very well negotiated, very limited, very tailored. That story and more coming up this West Virginia Morning. Support for West Virginia Morning is proudly provided by Luke Frazier. Opponents of Senate Bill 10, allowing the concealed carry of firearms on college campuses, tried to get two 11th hour exemption amendments passed Monday. Randy Yoey has more. Delegate Sean Hornbuckle, a Democrat from Cabell County, proposed an amendment that would give campuses a housing option for students who do not want those with firearms living in the building. Nowhere in the piece of legislation does it strike that you cannot have a concealed firearm on campus. Number two is we're going to allow our universities latitude and grace. Latitude and grace. Hornbuckle's amendment failed, as did an amendment to not allow 18, 19, and 20-year-olds to gain a campus provisional concealed carry permit. Senate Bill 10 comes up for third reading tomorrow in the House of Delegates. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Randy Yowie in Charleston. We'll have more on the campus carry bill later in the show. A bill meant to staff each West Virginia hospital with a qualified sexual assault nurse examiner was amended in the House. Emily Rice has more. We'll come back to that story a little bit later. Last summer's flooding in eastern Kentucky caught the Heinemann Settlement School in the middle of its annual Appalachian Writers Workshop. Everyone at the workshop made it home safely, but the school was hit hard. Recently, the school announced plans for this year's Appalachian Writers Workshop. Bill Lynch spoke with workshop organizer Josh Mullins about the flood and this year's workshop. Tell us what happened last year at the workshop. During last year's workshop uh, is when the floods impacted the region. So we had around 80 uh, to 100 folks staying with us here on campus uh, whenever word came that cars were going under, that uh, they were flooding away, that some of the dorms where folks were staying in were, you know, water was creeping closer and closer. Our staff here got together as quickly as we could because not everybody lives on campus, rallied together as quickly as we could, tried to get folks up and out and into better, safer places. But the end result of that was the workshop didn't get to, to finish. We had completed around three three days and not five. And so our keynote presentation that was supposed to be Thursday evening and two more days of class uh, were cut short as we tried to safely get folks out of Hyman and headed back towards home. And then so we could here begin to shift to really housing folks on campus in those same, same dorms that were being used for the workshop to, to offer housing and emergency shelter, food for, for people whose homes had been damaged or completely destroyed. After the damage of the flood, was there any concern that maybe this, uh, this writer's workshop wouldn't happen next year? No, there never really was a consideration that we wouldn't hold the workshop in 2023. You know, once the, the dust settled um, and we, you know, got campus and the community kind of back into a better position and we immediately began the planning process again. Uh, we've held the workshop for 45 years, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, we held it virtually in hybrid formats in the years following that. So you know, this really was in 
2022 was our real first time back being fully on campus with the full kind of attendance and capacity audience that we have. Um, of course, it, it was cut short, but we never considered that the workshop wouldn't happen. Um, and we're excited to be able to announce that all of our fa- faculty and staff are be back with us this year. Tell me who's coming. What what can people expect? Yeah, so this year's workshop, we're very excited uh, that our our Jim Wayne Miller, James Still, keynote address lecturer this year, uh, which will be on that Thursday evening of the workshop, I believe July the 27th. That will be Kentucky Poet Laureate and NAACP Image Award winner Crystal Wilkinson, who is the author of Perfect Black and many other novels and and, and poetry collections. Uh, We'll have two novel sections, uh, two poetry sections, a creative nonfiction and a uh, short story section. Uh, those will be led by David Joy, uh, Angela Jackson Brown, Nima Avashia, Doug Van Gundy, Miriam Worthington, and Misha Marin. How many writers come out to learn? Our capacity is 72. We admit 12 individuals um, into each of the six genre sections that we offer each year. That seems pretty focused. It is. It is a selective process to be admitted to come. You know, it's not, if you don't really register for the workshop as much as you apply, a blind review panel evaluates manuscripts, and then based on that, people are admitted into one of 12 slots for each of the six sections that we offer. After last year's flood, uh, any lessons learned, uh, any preparations for something like that again? Or can can you prepare for something like that? You know, we really always try to be prepared for any possible event. Every year that I've been here at the Settlement School, I'm going in my seventh year now, there's always some sort of some sort of campus event that, that takes place. You know, is the toilet going to overflow? Is, um, is there a snake going to slither up from the, from the creek and kind of cause chaos? You know, that's just kind of the nature of it. And so we did not, even our best laid plans... Of, of being prepared for the emergencies, I don't think we were able to grasp the, the sheer severity of the situation, the widespread nature of it throughout Knott County, Eastern Kentucky as a whole. But with that said, we have definitely learned from that. You know, we have better plans in place now than we ever have, and we would welcome folks to come back and be with us this year and, and to learn from the great faculty that we have lined up. Josh Mullins, thanks a lot. Thanks so much. That was Josh Mullins from the Heinemann School speaking with Bill Lynch. More information about the Appalachian Writers Workshop, visit the school's website, Heinemann.org. Now we'll go back to Emily Rice's story about a bill meant to staff each West Virginia hospital with a qualified sexual assault nurse examiner was amended in the House. Emily Rice has more. The bill required all West Virginia hospitals have sexual assault nurse examiners, or SANE, nurses on staff and on call. Two amendments to the bill passed through the House of Delegates today that would allow for hospitals to transfer victims to a facility with SANE staff or treat them via telehealth. Delegate Amy Summers, a Republican from Taylor County, said telehealth and transfers are only an option if the victim consents. So if you research the data on telesane, it's called. If you find that, the reason it's been created is because the rural and underserved communities also usually can't find people. Senate Bill 89, as amended, was sent to the Senate for their consideration. For Appalachia Health News, I'm Emily Rice in Charleston. Appalachian Health News is a project of West Virginia Public Broadcasting with support from Charleston Area Medical Center and Marshall Health. It's 7.50. This is West Virginia Morning.
Mild, windy weather is expected through Wednesday with rain showers possible. There's also a wind advisory in effect through 7 o'clock tonight across the northern mountains and eastern Panhandle. It'll be mostly sunny and mild today, windy with gusts of up to 50 miles per hour and highs in the 40s and 50s. Support for WVPB is provided by the West Virginia State Treasurer's Office with the Smart 529 program, recognizing West Virginia's teachers through the Above and Beyond Project. More at wvtreasury.com. Senate Bill 10 is expected to pass the House of Delegates this week and become law. The bill will allow people with concealed carry permits to have guns on college campuses. WVU, Marshall, and most other state universities have come out against it. For the legislature today, Randy Yowie spoke with Delegate Evan Hansen, a Democrat from Monongalia County, and Senator Mike Stewart, a Republican from Kanawha County, to get a better understanding of the bill. Senator Stewart, let me start with you. This bill has been proposed before, so why in a general sense is it needed now? Well, I think it came close in the past. And I gotta tell you, as a, as a former United States attorney, I can't divorce myself of the experience I got in that role and saw firearms issues throughout that experience. I think what we need on campuses, and I said this during our committee meetings, I think this bill actually makes our campuses safer. Here's why. Uh, those folks uh, who are on our campuses now with firearms are already breaking the law. And so I, I think the idea of being able to protect oneself on campus makes a, a whole lot of sense. And here in West Virginia, i got to tell you, we're one of the states that has the lowest incident, incidence of gun-related crimes. And so I have great confidence that the bill that was crafted it's, was very well negotiated, very limited, very tailored. Uh, there are a lot of exclusions in terms of where firearms can't be. I think it makes a whole lot of sense today in West Virginia. Delegate Hansen, you've fought hard opposing this bill. Uh, why do you think it's not needed, period? I'm not convinced it'll make our campuses safer. I think it'll do the opposite. Uh, we heard testimony in Judiciary Committee from a former Marine about the type of training that Marines and other members of the armed forces go through and how different that is from the type of training that people with concealed carry permits have. And I'm concerned that if there's a bad guy with a gun and we allow good guys with gun on campus, that the adrenaline rush is going to be so great, they're not going to necessarily be able to do the right thing, and it might actually harm people more than it helps them. Well, Senator Stewart, as you said, there are exceptions on campus through um, stadiums, on-campus daycare facilities, at disciplinary hearings. You can't have a gun, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But I'm unclear about the do's and don'ts for campus residence halls. Uh, how would that work? Well, you're not allowed to have them in the residence room, but you're allowed to have them in the open areas at the residence hall. And uh, they're gonna be areas where you're gonna be able to check in your firearms. There have to be safes or areas where you can place those firearms. You know, I look back to what happened in, I think it was 2007 with Virginia Tech. 32 students, just an absolute tragedy. Uh, but Virginia Tech didn't have campus carry laws at the time. Not that it would have made a difference, but I certainly would like our individuals on our campuses to be able to, in that situation, in that tragedy before it became 32 students. I think this makes sense 
And uh, I will say this, that the, the parameters we've placed around an existing problem, it's not that there aren't guns on our campuses today. There are. And so the idea of campus self-defense, which is the name of the bill, I think it just makes a whole lot of sense today in West Virginia. But, Doug and Hanson, when you're in your dorm room, if it's anything like the dorms rooms were when I was in college, it can get pretty crazy there for the freshmen and sophomores that, that are living in the, the residence halls. Uh, can this be policed? When you're allowed to have it not in your room, but in your study hall or your lunchroom? I think policing it is one of the challenges, but, and that's why I offered a floor amendment today to remove uh, the provisional license from the law to make it so that 18, 19, and 20-year-olds would not be covered by campus carry, because I, I think that young people, especially first time, people coming to college for the first time are encountering a lot of difficult situations. They might be drinking or taking illegal drugs. And I'm, I'm concerned that this would place people at risk in dorms and elsewhere on campus. Yeah, he had, he, his amendment failed, this provisional amendment to not allow the, the 17, 18, 19, and 20 year olds all, all to, to be able to campus carry. Your thoughts on that? Well, I think his amendment should have failed. And so let me say this, concealed carry, we're not talking constitutional carry. You can't openly carry a firearm on campus. But I think the idea of concealed carry, where every individual has gone through the proper training for the safety of a firearm, it makes a whole lot of sense. Now, if you're talking about 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds, there's not a great deal of difference in that age group right there. If what we're talking about is campus self-defense, and that's what I believe we're talking about, that perpetrator at Virginia Tech, if an 18-year-old could take out that perpetrator before we have 32 victims, I like that idea. And so we have very responsible gun owners in West Virginia, many of them very young, and I support the way this bill was passed. It was very smart, the parameters that were put around it. That was Senator Mike Stewart and Delegate Evan Hansen speaking with Randy Yoey about the campus carry bill. To hear the rest of that interview, visit our website at wvpublic.org and tune in every evening, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. on radio and television to get updates on the legislative session. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from West Virginia University, Concord University, and Shepherd University. West Virginia, uh, West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Caroline McGregor, Curtis Tate, Chris Schultz, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Liz McCormick, Randy Yowie, and Shepard Snyder. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Bob Powell. This is West Virginia Morning. <laughs>